Welcome to This Might Not, the podcast for conversations at the edge. I'm your host, Sean Kearney, and in this episode, you'll hear from Paul Neil Rohr, actor, acting coach, and author of the book, Listen, Feel, Respond, as we talk about what it means to be a pro and how the definition might be changing in the world of the global pandemic, side hustles, and social media where we're constantly told to promote ourselves, to win friends and influence people. But first, news. One of my best friends since grade school called me recently. He'd been through a really tough time, and I hadn't heard from him in over a year. After he caught me up on what's been happening with him, he asked me what I've been up to lately. So I told him. I designed a couple of games, one for a cybersecurity boot camp for a large university, another for a maritime museum. I produced a few video series. I recently wrapped some culture consulting for a company in Seattle. I composed a generative music score for an art installation in Denver. I designed a series of training programs for remote work teams, and I've been consulting for a super awesome small business based in Wisconsin. Oh, and I started two podcasts, including this one. He laughed and told me something I've heard plenty of other times. He said, you're ridiculous. And I get it. My life is ridiculous. I've gotten to do a lot of crazy things. Plenty of things that I reasonably shouldn't have been able to do. I didn't get to do them because I'm great at any of those things. I'm really not. I meet people all the time who are way better than me. They have more skills. They have more talent. They have more experience. Most of the cool stuff I've gotten to do because I just did them. I'm not a great musician, but I've played a lot of music. I'm not a great writer, but I've written a lot of words. I'm not a great media producer, but I've made a lot of stuff. I'm not a great web designer, but I've made a lot of websites, including some of the worst websites ever. I'm not a great speaker, but I've done a lot of speaking. Most of it wasn't very good. And I know most of what I'm going to do tomorrow isn't going to be very good either. So what am I good at? I still don't know. But I know I like to do a lot of things, so I do a lot of things. And if you're a seasoned pro, you might hate me. I often do a job for a fraction of the cost that a real pro would do it. Will it be as good? Probably not. But if you're a real pro, you might like working with me. Why? Because I love working with pros. I love working with people who are serious about the work that they do. And I'll do anything to work with a pro. I'll do whatever I can to help them get their work done. Do you want me to run out and pick up something from across town? Done. Do you want me to bring you coffee on the way back? Done. Do you want me to stay up all night to help get something done? I got it. Do you want me to not tell you about all the other stuff that I've done and just do what you think needs to be done? Got that too. And if you want me to try to figure something out, solve a problem, try something that might work, I'll do it. Why? Because working with pros is the way to get better. It's the way to do way cooler things than you could do on your own. And if you ever want to be a pro, you need other pros to want to work with you. So what does it mean to be a professional? Well, according to dictionary.com, a professional is a, quote, person who earns a living in a sport or other occupation frequently engaged in by amateurs, unquote. And an amateur is a, quote, person who engages in a study, sport, or other activity for pleasure rather than financial benefit or professional reasons, or a person who admires something, a devotee, a fan, unquote. I once heard the idea that an amateur works when they feel like it, 
and a pro feels like it when they work. The pros I've met aren't pros just because they get paid. If that were true, everyone with a side hustle would be a pro. Amateurs are often deluded by all kinds of self-help garbage like fake it until you make it. Well, a real pro can spot someone faking it from a mile away, and no amount of faking it will impress them. Pros aren't impressed by people who are great at self-promotion. They are impressed by someone who really does the work, someone who works with and is respected by other pros. A pro doesn't really care about your opinions or your critiques. They care about what you've done. And if all you've done is a random scatter of low-stakes work, they might be polite, but they probably don't care. They certainly aren't going to give you your big break. And if you've been respected by members of a club or an amateur community, the pros wonder, why are you the one telling me about how great you are and no one else is? A respected amateur thinks that pros owe them something, but a respected amateur is still an amateur. Pros are busy, and pros work to stay busy. They work to deliver for their team and their clients, and pros know that they always have two jobs, the one that they're currently doing and the one that gets them their next job. Now, one of the pros I respect the most is my dear friend, actor and acting coach, Paul Neil Rohr. Paul and I have known each other for more than 20 years, and I've had the chance to work with him several times, and I've loved every minute of it, even when the work was really, really hard. And Paul is the kind of pro I aspire to be, and I'm not alone. Paul is one of those people who is always a pro. He brings his full self to everything he does, whether it's being in a feature film in a scene with Richard Dreyfuss or a local commercial, whether he's writing scripts or doing voiceovers, whether he's narrating an audiobook with more than a dozen character voices, or teaching his long-running acting class for people who want to learn from one of the very best. And I've met a lot of pros through Paul's generous introductions, and every one of them has the same thing to say about him. Paul Rohr is a true professional. So I asked Paul what he sees when working with students and how he helps guide them from the journey of being an amateur or a hobbyist to being a pro. You know, I, I, I was sitting here thinking about how interviews go on so many of these podcasts. And I really appreciate, first of all, you asking me to do this. But second of all, the ideas that we communicate to prospective clients, to prospective actors in my case, the, the one message that I wish I could say to people in a first meeting, but of course, it's never really a good idea because the one thing you want to do is build a level of confidence in a new relationship to say, hey, you know, we can work together. We can teach each other that even though I'm a coach, I am learning as much from you as hopefully you are from me. And one of those ideas that I would love to get across in an interview would be to tell the person that no matter how good you think you are, you're really not <laughs> as great, perhaps, as you think you are until you get hired again and again and again. And you know that when you've been hired more than once, more than twice, more than a couple of times, 
those individuals who are spending monumental amounts of money and time and effort to produce, whether it's the commercial or the feature film, and they ask you back that you are truly a master at that craft, at that ability, at developing that character or, or creating that sense of suspension of disbelief over and over and over again as a reliable, dependable, and professional actor. And I think that's true for any business, that there's always that person you can rely on that you ask to take the lead because you know you can depend on them. They're prepared. They show up on time. They have the tools required to do the job. And boy, no better relationship was ever developed than through that kind of personality. I then asked Paul how he helps his students in his coaching relationships and workshops to bridge that gap to becoming a reliable professional. One of the most important aspects, I think, in developing an amateur into a professional is being able to see their skills and talents and abilities that are hidden underneath either their pride or their lack of confidence or their fears and, and all of the other walls, if you will, that get in the way of developing into a professional. And so eventually they get their first job. What they, what they spent a day or two days creating ends up in a five-second non-speaking part and 90% of what they thought was on camera gets cut and then they realize, oh, yeah, I guess I did miss that line or I guess I did miss that mark or, oh, gosh, yeah, I, I didn't even hear that I was not doing as well as I thought I did. And so that perception of what they feel they know versus what they did and, and versus what they really know becomes a huge learning experience. And so it's really not until you get out in the field that no matter what part you are looking at, no matter what role you're looking at, if you will, and the things that you think you're preparing for, it's not until you really get out in the field and get tested in front of the camera and in front of the crew and the lighting and all of the technical effects that go into production, do you realize, wow, you know, in workshop, it was just me and my fellow students and the coach and or camera. But it's that reality of realizing what you did versus what you thought you did that the camera captures. The camera doesn't blink. Nothing goes on pause as we do as human beings when we're thinking, when we're recreating what we wanted to say, what we wanted to do that the camera continues to capture that, all of our issues are right there for everybody to see. And so you can only say as a director, take whatever so many times before you realize that the actor you've hired is either incapable to do whatever it is you're, you're asking them to do, in which case the director then has a real problem. Do they recast? Or do they continue to run into overtime, golden overtime, and continue to pay out enormous amounts of dollars to cover for this actor's lack of preparedness and inabilities? So for an actor to be able to show up and do the things that are required of an actor are monumental and issues that most people are just not aware of. But I can compare it to 
what's happening now with COVID in the sense that auditions used to be in person and now everything is submitted on camera. So does the actor have a home studio where they can create good levels of audio and video to even present their audition in a positive way towards whoever's looking at it, the casting director, the producer, the director, whomever might be making the decision on casting. And this applies now to any business person who needs to communicate ideas and concerns to the people that they work with and to the people that they are in charge of making sure that the business runs smoothly. And so being able to communicate your message effectively on video for many of us that have never been in front of a camera addressing issues to the people that we work with is something that is not only frightening, but does the setup even allow you to communicate those issues? We'll be right back with more of our conversation after this word from our sponsor, Yes LMS. So what is a learning management system or LMS? For most organizations, their LMS is the place where learning goes to die where people are forced to take courses and quizzes they don't want or things they'll probably never use in a system so complicated or otherwise known as feature-rich and so user-unfriendly that people have to take even more courses just to learn how to use the thing. And for the users and designers, all this work and hassle comes down to little more than checking a digital box to get people off some compliance naughty list. So given that definition, our sponsor, YesLMS, might not be a learning management system. Yes, LMS is really more of a learning mastery system designed to help people share and learn relevant skills they apply to get better results in the real world. Yes, LMS is a beautiful, modern, cloud-based system that's super easy to use, fully accessible, and built for teams who want to do more than check compliance completions and actually move their mission forward. So if you're a small business, education institution, or nonprofit, YesLMS has options tailored to get you up and running quickly with exactly what you need. To schedule your demo and see what an LMS can be, visit YesLMS.com today. I then spoke with Paul about how being a professional might be more than individual talent and dedication. It might really be more of a form of what music legend Brian Eno calls senius. So I'm a big, you know, Brian Eno fan. So he's a musician, producer. Yeah, you know. sure. Like he has this idea of a senius, which is kind of a group genius, but it's not the group, Ooh. like just the people. It's about the entire scene. Like I love there's something it. about it could be the location. Like what was it? What was going on in New York City in the 70s? to create the Ramones and the Talking Heads and Blondie and you know all these other amazing wow. bands. And I think one of the things I always respect about you is I think that's what you try to do. That's what you're trying to create is an environment where people can do their best work, that you recognize that it's more than just you. It really is about how I pull these you know, students together uh, as a group and provide you know what they need in terms of just the tools and the environment to give them a a chance to to bring their genius forward. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it, it is. And, and you know, uh, being a, a struggling actor, uh, even to this day, it, it's always about, you know, when I was seriously studying five nights a week, uh, I always had to ask myself, what would I do if I were coaching this class? And uh, there were always the issues of, well, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, cuss out the student the way the coach just did. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do all these things. And so be, having the opportunity then to coach, I'm, all, I'm simply doing what I wish I would have had coming up. The support, the, the, the responsibility of being a leader is a responsibility of loving the people that you work with and making a decision that you love them despite their foibles, their issues, their um, shortcomings, and correct those uh, through respect and through love of the craft on how to get them to turn into the type of character and personality and, and actor that, that you want to be seen as. So it's just self-modeling. I mean, it's, it's just recognizing that um, you know, we're all in this together and I don't want to be a pain in the ass to work, to work with. Um, and so I try and, and help my students to recognize what they don't see. We, after all, we don't know what we don't know. And so helping them to, uh, to learn what they don't know into something that they recognize and they do know, and they stop themselves. I have a, <laughs> I have a, a, a wonderful actress in workshop who, has that strength and yet she made a tremendous amount of mistakes early in her career and so she's always asking in class hey can you address the audition process again to me because i'm always uh making mistakes in an audition i'm saying the wrong things i'm doing the wrong things and so no matter how many times i have to go through those steps and 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 what to expect in doing an audition Boy, you can just see her writing furiously, and you can see the light come on of uh, uh, of the things that she needs to change, and and uh, and she just gets better and better and better. Man, do I look forward to seeing her on screen one day? She will. She will definitely be there. So, being a pro is more than getting paid. It's about working with other pros over and over again. It's about developing a reputation as someone who consistently shows up and delivers quality in a professional, high-stakes environment when others need them the most, not just working whenever we feel like it. And if you wanna work with other pros, you need to listen, you need to be humble, you need to be willing to learn, and then do the work that helps others get their work done. And if you're the only one telling the world how great you are, the professional world isn't listening. And if you want to fake it until you make it, you might make it as an amateur, but the pros aren't paying attention. The pros are working. So my thanks again to Paul Rohr. You can learn more about Paul and the Roaring Success Workshop at Roaring Success, that's R-O-A-R-I-N-G success.org. And my thanks also to our sponsor, Yes LMS, and to you for listening. If you want to hear more, please subscribe, share with others, and let us know how we're doing with a rating or comment on your podcast platform of choice. Every bit helps, and we appreciate your support of the This Might Not podcast.
In future episodes, we'll explore other big ideas around mental health, freelancing, science, magic, music, hypnosis, design, and much more. And if you have ideas for other topics or people we should interview, please reach out to me directly at Sean, S-E-A-N, at thismightnot.com. Thanks again, and remember the next time that you think that you already know what something is, consider this might not. <laughs>